Welcome to Faith, Life, and Inspiration with Tim Andes. I just want to welcome you uh, back to the podcast. Uh, We're going to be starting these up again, um, Lord willing, uh, as I have time and permits with my my business and life. Um, I want to be able to share more what God's uh, speaking to me and what I'm going through on a a life, daily life um, basis. And so the little update is that we now have two kids and we're expecting our third now this month or beginning of March. So um, just continue to pray for us, remember us in your prayers. And um, I am going to be starting a five-part series here on the ministerial gifts that God has placed in the church. And the one I want to talk about today is the need for a pastor. And a pastor is part of the fivefold ministry or the five ministerial gifts that have been placed into the church. And I find it essential for every born-again Christian to have a pastor um, or to be a pastor, um, be called a God-called pastor. Um, is a great calling. It's also a lot of responsibility. But God does have laborers in the field and laborers that can work together as pastors and as heads of their church. God, we know God is the head, then the pastor, and then he has those working underneath him that work with him together for one goal and one purpose. And that's to further the kingdom of God, not our own kingdom, not to set up our own ministry and build a platform for ourselves, but for Jesus Christ to be magnified and uplifted. Uh, So I want to start this podcast, The Need for a Pastor, in Ephesians chapter 4 and Ephesians chapter 4 verse 11 says and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints for the work of the ministry for the edifying of the body of Christ and I want you to take keynote of that these five ministerial gifts have been placed in the body to edify the body and many times um that comes into question is people that minister the gospel, are they edifying the body of Christ? Um, or are, is it actually causing contention, causing uh, separation in families, in churches, in believers and saints of like precious faith? And just to reiterate, this scripture of Paul speaking to the Ephesians was that the ministry, the work of the ministry is to edify the body of Christ till we all come in the unity of the faith. And that unity is the uniting of belief in Jesus Christ. Um, Many people have different doctrines. Many people have different ideas. um, But we must be unified in the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, it says, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. We must receive this. And Brother Bram talks about the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, a perfect man. And no one is perfect besides our Lord Jesus Christ. He was the example to us. But from his example, we can learn how how to avoid mistakes in our lives, how, how we as ministers of the gospel can further the work of God and be humble enough to realize that we need God in our daily lives as well. Pastors are humans. Pastors make mistakes. Um, ministry make mistakes but it's those ministries that recognize and humble themselves when they do make mistakes to to 
to confess their faults one to another, to to even let their congregation congregations know when they've made mistakes shows real character in leadership. I first want to say that I'm very thankful to have had very godly pastors my whole life. And actually all the pastors that I have had in my life um, from when I was born to today are serving God and believing this message and are um, furthering the gospel. And many have run their course, run their race. My first pastor was Brother Eddie Biscoll in Canada, and he dedicated me when I was a baby. And then we moved out to Indiana, and my, my grandpa, Brother Ken Andes, was my next pastor. And then my dad, Brother John Andes, for three years in Tennessee. And then Brother Ron Peterson in Arizona. Then we were we moved back in 2000 um, to attend the Cloverdale Church. And Brother Ed Biscoll was our pastor there. And then last year we decided to make a move. And our pastor last year was Brother Peter Ivanenko who recently moved to Florida, and now we've decided to um, have Brother John Andes, my father, as our pastor this upcoming year. And in the future, we we pray um, God will continue to lead and guide us that all of our pastors that, that we have had in the past are self-serving God is a great testimony and example for us um, in the ministry and also for many around the world. Um, whether young, whether middle-aged, whether old, they've all had dynamic ministries. Um, I find them all equal, um, no one greater than the other, but they've all been humble. All the brothers I mentioned have shown real humility in their ministries and have always been thinking about the people first, and they've always put others before themselves. And so these brothers um, have been my example and so I can only speak from the examples I have seen personally and from my life. Um, but I do believe a pastor is a high calling and it's a calling that comes from God. And um, people like to choose their pastor sometime and they like to vote on a pastor. And in some situations that may be necessary. Um, but for every one of the pastors that I have had, um, I believe God called them to that position or for that time in that season of my life to help me and to further um, what God had in store for my life, make eternal deposits. So the pastor is part of the fivefold ministry and many of you um, would know that a pastor has a lot of burdens to bear. Um, he has a lot, um, like an ox, Brother Branham actually speaks of a pastor where he has to be a burden bearer um, and that burden I've seen on on the on the ministry, but also the pastors we've had, and they've they've really had to lean on prayer. Having a father that's been in the ministry is pretty much my whole life. Um, seeing the burden he has for the people, the burden he has for others, but also for his children, he had he had, was able to take the time to show us what the message was, which is Jesus Christ, and he lived that message. Not just telling us it is the truth, it is the message, but you actually see the life of Christ in your father or in your pastor. So uh, some key things to keep note of for a pastor, the pastor must be set in order by God and not by men. Brother Branham talks about this, how that a ministry must be God-sent, not man-called. 
And Brother Branham says, And hear ye him, they are of God. God speaks to them and vindicates and proves himself by the preachers preaching the word, by the prophets prophesying, by the seers and so forth that's in the church that God has placed. So God places these people by the evangelists, pastors, all together to feed and to take care of his sheep. So a key role of a pastor is, and the need for it is to take care of sheep. So the believer, a type of that is a sheep and they need a shepherd. Without that shepherd, they go astray, they get hurt. Um, they, they find themselves amongst wolves when they're weak, when they're tired. And the type and the main type of a pastor that we know of in the Bible is as a shepherd. And uh, a godly shepherd cares about the sheep. As Brother Bram said, um, they care about them. And as the brother, as Brother Paul, the first church age messenger said, they are to edify the body of Christ. So every person has a ministry. Brother Bram says this. Every person has a ministry in the body of God. And it's all to work together. It's It goes together with the other ministries to edify others in the body of Christ. So you need a pastor. You need the evangelist. You need the... Um, apostles, you need the different gifts that God has placed in the teacher. You need those, the prophet. You need these for the edifying of the body and to have a well-rounded ministry and not just, it's good to have a one ministry that's very strong, but it also shows a good leadership in a ministry when they're able to have others grow up underneath them. Let the those that are younger than them even or older um, minister the gospel. Brother Branham says in Discernment of Spirit that that's right. Every man ought to have a church home. You ought to have a place, not just to float about from pillar to post, but have somewhere that you go to church and you call it your church, somewhere where you pay your tithes and somewhere that you help support the cause. So every Christian needs to have a home church. And as has been mentioned many for many, many years, a home church is a place that you can go and have fellowship with fellow brothers and sisters. And has been advised by many ministers around the world that if a person is isolated and away from uh, being able to have a home church, they need to try with all that's within them to move to a good, solid church that has a pastor, that has a ministry that loves them, that care for them as sheep. Because what the devil's program is, is to isolate people, to make them not be in fellowship with others. And that can be a very, very uh, concerning trap that the enemy has for many in Laodicea, which is our age. And the last age uh, before the coming of the Lord. And in Laodicea, people are going to become isolated as we have seen over the last few years. But the main thing the devil is trying to do is isolate us spiritually from those that we need. And when I say that, I say that humbly and respectfully that that is why God has has given some the vision or the for their children that they need to have a local church body that they can attend live services for their children's sakes um, it's very important to have a pastor someone that's an active pastor someone that can pray with you when you need help that you can go to for spiritual counsel that you can call up that you could text someone that you can um, have that ability that you know can touch God when you feel you can't. And we've all been there. 
If you're listening, all of us have been there, and including pastors. When they needed help, they called on other ministers to pray with them. Brother Branham says in Discernment of, of Spirit, uh, 1960, Take your choice, but then don't never disfellowship the other man because he don't belong with your group. See, discern his spirit and see if he's got the same purposes in his heart. I really think this is good, good counsel, especially in, in areas where people, maybe there's multiple churches, to take that spirit of, is this brother have the same purpose in his heart, which is the rapture? If that's our purpose and goal, then we got to have fellowship one with another. That's what the prophet of God said. You're working for one great cause, and that's the cause of Christ. I think that is absolutely true. So discerning the spirit, making sure that the goal of 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 every minister every pastor should be to go to heaven and to point his sheep in that direction and to edify the body not discourage them not disfellowship people when they leave their church not to push them away as some have and that should be an example to us of how not to be as as it says and brother Branham said it so well discern that spirit discern it and know that there's people that and groups of people that may think different than than others that believe or they may be different denominations but we must be able to fellowship and speak to them in a loving way showing them and pointing them to jesus christ the the one that can give them peace in the storm the one that can give them an answer in their confusion and that only comes about when there's unity of the faith and being unified in the faith is very important for us to take a rapture. If you know the prophet's message, that is the only way we will go in the rapture, is when the bride becomes unified on the word of God and makes a stand for it in one as one body. We're not split up bodies. Amen? Um, a pastor, a key Brother Branham said, is you see in the church there's a pastor, and that pastor is a special person. So a pastor is a special ministry. He's built where he can put up with the fusses of the people. He's a burden bearer. He's the ox of the team. He's a man that can sit down when somebody's got something against somebody else, sit down with them, two families, and take neither side. And I always saw this with my dad and many other ministries, Brother Biscoll's ministry, um, my grandfather's, um, Brother Peter Ivaninko. And you just, he never was going to one side or the other. Very neutral and watch and see, watch and pray. And for that reason, I believe that these ministries have been blessed of God. And I believe that they have also um, portrayed the nature of God so that other sheep want to follow that. And that's a key. And, um, and for many, um, they can learn a lot from that. Even family can learn a lot from a good pastor. Um, even if it's their brother, um, their father, um, they can learn from that and and see that nature of God. It's a sweetness. And Brother Ram says he's a pastor. He knows how to take care of things. So there's a certain nature and a certain gift a pastor has. And I believe it's important that everyone pray that the pastor that they have is what who God has called them or called to be their pastor. That is something that people should really pray about, especially when there's times of transition and change um, and new leadership. Um, because 
um, there's a vision, there's a drive of a certain pastor, but when that office or that person is taken off the scene or steps down, when a new transition happens, you must be earnestly praying, is that person that's going to take over, is that person got the same vision? Do they have the same goals? Are they are they um, what you would want your family to be under? Because a pastor has an influence. And there's duties and qualifications of a pastor. Um, I just wanted to emphasize from um, the Bible. And in 1 Timothy chapter 3, if you have your Bible or maybe you have your phone and you would like to look it up, 1 Timothy 3, 1, this is a true saying. If a man desire the office of a bishop, he desireth a good work. A bishop then must be blameless, the husband of one wife, vigilant, sober of good behavior, given to hospitality, apt to teach, not given to wine, no striker, not greedy, of filthy lucre, but patient, not a brawler, not covetous, one that ruleth well his own house, having his children in subjection with all gravity. For if a man know not how to rule his own house, how shall he take care of the church of God? Not a novice, lest being lifted up with pride, he fall into the condemnation of the devil. Moreover, he must have a good report of them which are without, lest he fall into reproach and the snare of the devil. So it's important to kind of look at these things as a minister, but also as a pastor, these qualifications that are mentioned clearly in the Bible. And it, it, does, it can come across as a checklist. These, these things are the things that the brother has to have and things like that. And we know we're not under the law, but we're under grace. Um, and so many times people, they do have a checklist of what they think the perfect pastor is. And I'm going to say it, not many pastors or any pastors are going to have met every last of your requirements. So you need to really pray about that and have the right attitude and heart when you are praying about if someone is qualified as a pastor and not take the critical side, but maybe talk to the brother um, if there's a misunderstanding or something you don't know about from the past that you can clarify to help you understand um, the qualification of a pastor. Now there's duties of a true pastor and that's what I really want to talk about. And there's many of duties of a pastor. Um, but I just want to emphasize a few of them. And uh, the first one is that he must edify and unify the body of Christ. So we already read in Ephesians 4, uh, 11 to 13 about that. But I want to read that in the Amplified. And it says in verse 12, And he did this to fully equip and perfect the saints, God's people, for works of service, to build up the body of Christ, the church, until we all reach oneness in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God, growing spiritually to become a mature believer. So a pastor is to mature you. His ministry is deeper. His ministry is to help you in your family life, to help you in your, um, maybe there's uh, other emotional life that you need help in. The pastor should have a gift and has a gift to get out of himself out of the way, as we spoke about before, and be neutral in in a decision and give you both sides of, of an equation or both sides of a decision um, to think about and ponder. And that comes through prayer. 
Now, brother, in the Bible, it continues saying, reaching to the measure of the fullness of Christ, manifesting his spiritual completeness and exercising our spiritual gifts in unity. So the first duty of a true pastor is he must edify and unify the body of Christ. Now, does that mean we're all going to have the same thought on every matter and there's never going to be differences of opinion? No, we know that. But to be unified in the faith and to let people exercise their spiritual gifts um, takes a real heart of a shepherd to recognize that gift, let it cultivate, and also give it the opportunity to be used. Uh, the second duty of a pastor is he must not bring division nor contentions to the body of Christ. And in 1 Corinthians 1.10 it says in the Amplified, I urge you believers by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ that all of you be in full agreement in what you say and that there be no divisions or factions among you, but that you be perfectly united in your way of thinking and your judgment about matters of the faith. For I have been informed about you, my brothers and sisters, by those of Chloe's household, that there are quarrels and factions among you. Now I mean this, that each one of you says, I am a disciple of Paul, or I am a disciple of Apollos, or I am a disciple of Cephas, Peter, or I am a disciple of Christ. Has Christ been divided, Paul is asking, into different parts? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? Certainly not. And the key here, and also something that can be brought out through the scriptures, is that the body of Christ is not divided. So we uh, really, uh, people have said, well, my pastor is this person, or this is my pastor, and I am of this, and this is what we're, we stand for. But really, we are to be unified as a body of believers and say we stand with Jesus Christ. We stand and we are a witness to that, um, what God has done in our lives, what he's done in others, he can do in you. And as disciples, we are followers of Jesus Christ, who then uses men and women, but men as pastors, to be a pastor for your soul, to watch over your soul. That's their responsibility. And they must not bring contentions and divisions, if they are, they're not of God. To cause division amongst the body is one of the greatest hindrances to the gospel spread. And God has a gospel and he wants it spread to the world. And that truth has come. Truth has come and it must be spoken in truth, in love. And there's a certain way, a certain approach to God's people and sheep. And that's what a pastor is so necessary in this hour. Uh, the third thing, third duty, is that he must be able to demonstrate the power of the Holy Ghost. In 1 Corinthians 2, 4, in the Amplified, And my message and my preaching were not in persuasive words of wisdom, using clever rhetoric, or using his own knowledge, his own ability, but they were delivered in demonstration of the Holy Spirit operating through me. And of his power, stirring the minds of the listeners and persuading them so that your faith would not rest on the wisdom and rhetoric of men, but on the power of God. There comes a power and that power dissolves all doubts. It causes the critic to scatter, to, to not even know what to say. And that power of the Holy Ghost is demonstrated through the ministry 
And that preaching, that gospel, preaching the truth, it can set people free. So preaching must be inspired by the Holy Ghost. It can't be inspired by science and injections of men's thoughts or us putting this together A and B equals C. It has to be the Holy Ghost unction coming. That's what's going to change lives. That's where we're going to see real births happen. It must come from the heart and not from intellectual points of view. When we get to where the message or the Bible is preached in an intellectual way, it'll only produce intellectual faith. And what we really want and desire is not for us to have intellectual faith, which is in our minds, and just, oh, we believe and mind over matter. We want to take it to heart and actually let it anchor in that nothing is impossible with our God. And as a pastor, he has that ability to get himself out of the way and let the Holy Ghost use him in situations to demonstrate the power of God. Amen? Now, the fourth one is he must bring conviction to the sinner. Now, this can be also used for the, um, the fivefold ministry and the five ministerial gifts to bring the word in such a way that it convicts the sinner. In 2 Timothy 4, 2, Amplified, it says, Preach the word as an official messenger. Be ready when the time is right, and even when it is not. Keep your sense of urgency, whether the opportunity seems favorable or unfavorable, whether convenient or inconvenient, and whether welcome or unwelcome. Correct those who err in doctrine or behavior. Warn those who sin. This is what a pastor should be doing. Correcting those that err in doctrine or behavior. And there's an approach to that of a pastor. Warn those who sin. Let them know. Exhort and encourage those. Encourage those who are growing towards spiritual maturity. Not every person in the church is at a high peak spiritually. And to recognize that we're all at different levels and we got to grow together. And continuing on, it says, With inexhaustible patience and faithful teaching, for the time will come when people will not tolerate sound doctrine and accurate instruction that challenges them with God's truth. But wanting to have their ears tickled with something pleasing, they will accumulate for themselves many teachers, one after another chosen, to satisfy their own desires and to support the errors they hold. And will turn their ears away from the truth and will wander off into myths and man-made fictions and will accept the unacceptable. And so as ministers of the gospel, as a pastor, he is to watch for these heirs because he is not wanting his sheep, sheep again to go astray. And the key number five, the duty of a pastor is he must lead by example. Even as a husband, I am, and a father of children, I must lead by an example. But a pastor also must must be leading by example. He can't say to love your brother, love your sister, pray for those that despitefully use you, and then do the opposite. He must lead by example. And you, Brother Branham says in the seal of the Antichrist, you first thing you know you go into a church you notice the pastor i'm saying this with reverence you watch the way the pastor acts you'll find the people act the same way just about 
if the pastor's all prissy and everything, you'll find his congregation the same way. And again, I want to reiterate from my life, all the different pastors that I've had have always shown true humility. They've always been Christ-like in nature. They've always stayed neutral on situations. And when situations arise, which they always are, coming from the left and right, they are able to take it to a prayer and give a word-based answer. And not every situation is the same answer. But a pastor that takes the time, has care for the sheep, he will return your phone calls. He will return your emails. He will want to meet you face-to-face. Doesn't matter if you are opposing him or have a different idea than him. He wants to talk to you. And I've seen that in, in Brother Biscoe's life, in my father's life, my grandpa's life, Brother Ron Peterson, Brother Peter Ivanenko. All these brothers had time for the young people. They had time for those needy ones. Maybe the ones that weren't the most rich. Maybe the ones that didn't have it all together. But these brothers were true pastors. And I'm thankful that God has given them to me. And I'm thankful for them today. As they're all alive uh, at the time of this recording still. Some of them have grown older. Some of them have gone beyond um, the allotted time that God even gives to man. Which is God's grace to them. And I'm thankful that God is able to uh, uh, leave their testimony and their legacy behind as an example. Now, if a pastor, Brother Bram says, if the pastor's a good, solid gospel teacher that'll hold his children down and give them a little protoplasm stimulation when they need it, that's right, lay the gospel down and spank them right good with it, you'll find a good, obedient church. That's right, where people can come and enjoy themselves in the gospel. If he's a good preacher, they'll stay on the word and stay in the word and say it that way and see that his church is operated truly by the Holy Spirit, not get off in these isms. As soon as they start something, he will snap it out like that. That's what we need today is some more preachers like that. And I say we need amen to that. I say we need more pastors like that that can say it straight but also can say it and approach things in a loving and gentle way so that sheep do not get hurt. People, believers, do not get hurt. And the pastor's life, it speaks louder than all the words. If you really think about it, ministry behind a pulpit is like an ice cube, or the ice um, out in the ocean, an iceberg. You only see about 10% and 90% of that is below the water. 90% of the ministry's work is done outside of the pulpit. So the life is speaking louder than the word. People know by the life that you have lived, whether you have the Holy Ghost or not, whether you are a true believer of this message or not. Um, It's the life that speaks louder. People can say what they want. People can spit on a person's testimony, their influence for many years, erase and try to erase the history of what they have done in the work for the Lord. But people know the life of an individual and people can try and tear someone down. As Brother Bram talks about kill their influence, but people and true believers that have the Holy Ghost can discern a spirit. They can see the spirit of God moving in a man and know if he has God or not with him. 
if he wants, Brother Branham said, if or the, if a pastor, if he wants the sheep to follow him, he first must show the love of Christ. A sheep wants to follow someone they can trust, someone they want to be like. And all of those ministers that I had mentioned that I've had as my pastor, I want to be like, or as a son, I want to be like my father, who happens to be a minister of the gospel and a pastor. He, too, has shown me the love of Christ. And then by showing me, has given me the desire and love for God. And that's why I'm here today. It's because my father was a true example of Jesus Christ to me. He didn't say it, he lived it. And I would ask you to pray that your pastor or your leadership, or if you are a pastor, to pray, or if you're an associate minister that could one day be a pastor, to pray that you would be able to show the love of Christ to those in your congregation, but to those that leave your church, to those that uh, move away, to show the love of God still to those individuals is so important. It brings healing for people. It helps the bond to stay strong between brotherhood and sisterhood. But when lines are drawn in the sand and people get hurt by things that people say, it does not edify the body. It tears down. And so as a pastor and as we've been um, been proclaiming and Brother Paul proclaimed that the ministry or the five ministerial gifts are to edify the body and unite us in the faith, I believe and I want to say amen to that. And I trust and believe that true God called five-fold ministers and a pastor is one of them. If you're a true pastor, you'll have the heart of a pastor, the heart of God. And a true pastor will show the younger ones how to handle the word and how to use it. Because a true pastor knows that he has an allotted time on this earth and that if he is taken, who is going to take the baton? He has to have others that he can be an example to, show them the way, and then when they go out and start their own church or they go somewhere, he it actually can be a blessing for that older minister in the gospel because he can see that they're going to continue on in the faith. So I just wanted to encourage you, anyone that listens, that there is a need to have a pastor. And if you wondered about that, is it really necessary to have a pastor? Yes, it's essential for you as a believer to have a shepherd, to have a guide, someone that can mentor, someone that can instruct you, someone that has can be a father is a pastor. Someone that can be your friend should be your pastor. A leader for you that you can follow should be your pastor. A God-called man, that should be your pastor. And if you can say, my pastor is a good shepherd. He's guided me. He's instructed me. He's mentored me. He's like my friend. I can call him. I can text him. I can communicate with him. He's my, like my father. Maybe you don't have a father and you're listening. A pastor can be that. A true pastor is a father to the fatherless. And he's God called. Amen. And I just want to say thank you for listening to this. I trust that it's been a blessing. I, by God's grace, have had wonderful examples of God called pastors. And I'm thankful that since I was born, my father always saw the need for a pastor. A God called pastor. 
And then at the appointed times when he was only in his 20s, he felt to be a pastor for a little church that had gone through a lot of hardship. And he helped that church grow and he helped that church get a building. But it was never for himself. It was always for the people. And same today, starting out his little work, you just pray God would bless those and bless the bride, those that have little churches, those that have big churches, that we would be unified as a body and that we would keep going until the rapture and we'd be able to go home and spend eternity together. So I just pray God bless you. And as we continue this series, I trust each of these will be a blessing. This being the first of five parts, the need for a pastor. So next time, if you'd like to tune in, Lord willing, we'll be speaking on the need for an apostle. So God bless you. Have a wonderful day or evening, wherever you are. And may God, may he just bless you and give you the desires of your heart in 2022.